Hello and welcome along once again to It'll Be Alright in the 90s, the podcast that seems to mention Alex's brother Adam earlier every single week. I'm Stu Joslin and joining me as always is Adam Greenwood's brother, Alex Greenwood. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you Here doing, mate? I'm good, thanks. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this episode and uh, having, well, another family connection I know you just mentioned, my brother, but um, yes. talk to us for this one. Yes, this is one I've been I've been wanting to sort for a while. Um, we've got my mine papa is coming is coming on to uh, to talk to us tonight. He went to a lot of a lot of gigs in the nineties and saw some great artists. And I've been trying to cajole him to uh, to come along and talk to us about it, and he's finally acquiesced. I think it's going to be another good episode, hopefully. Yeah, oh, I think I'm sure it will be. Yeah. Before we go any further, as always, we have a sponsor for this week's episode, and this week we are sponsored by Tandy. Uh, if you simply quote the code alright 90s at participating stores, you can receive 10% off any item in the Gen Xer range. Uh, that includes microsystems, sat-navs, radio alarms and more. Uh, and if you go to the Emery Gate Chippenham store, because it's our local store, they've agreed to a 20% off code oh, there. Wow. Uh, so that's Tandy. You've got questions. We've got answers. I've always thought they were better than Dixon's. Oh, definitely. I don't care what anyone says. Powerhouse. Sod off. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple of things in the post bag from uh, episodes past and um, the Ghostwatch episode. We've had some correspondence from somebody called Ant Tita, and I've just realised that that is a um, <laughs> that's not that's not a real name, is it? <laughs> but anyway, thank you, Ant, for getting in touch. And uh, he says about Ghostwatch. It was like nothing I'd ever seen. I was a kid at the time. I knew it was a drama, but it was so well done. If you suspended your disbelief, it easily took you to the same place as those who didn't know better. Uh, it certainly shook me, and I couldn't bring myself to watch anything that blurred the lines between fact and fiction. And 999 was one of those shows. So I'll be giving that episode a listen to. So uh, thanks for that, and Thanks for your interest, and we hope you enjoyed the 999 episode as well. Yeah, uh, and we, we hope you can get in touch with your thoughts on that. Secondly, and a, a little more seriously... Our Ghostwatch episode moved a friend of mine to get in touch with me with his own paranormal story. Um, now I'm going to um, I'm going to redact names here and I'm going to keep him anonymous. Uh, he's let me know I can read it out. So so here we go. Thank thank you for sharing this with us. When we moved into our house in the early 90s, we had only been married for a few years, and year after year, spooky things would happen. And year after year, the events got more frequent and more in your face. Uh, some examples are kitchen cupboards opening on their own. Dark shadows walking downstairs and hallways. Me and my wife being woken up with somebody pulling your hair or blowing in your face. Uh, we went out one night and we got in a babysitter. Later that night, we had a phone call from the babysitter's mum as the girl had freaked out. and She said she'd seen a ghost. The mum stayed on the phone to her daughter until we got back home. We would also get home from work and find that quilts had been turned over. Not in a messy way, but folded neatly. My wife's mum and dad came round and her dad freaked out as one of the family photos when he looked at it had the face of somebody else in it then it went back to normal towards the last few years the events were getting worse so we employed a medium and she hit the nail on the head years ago after IVF failures my wife got pregnant and lost the baby at about four months which obviously was quite heartbreaking and it was a boy the medium never knew this but she told us that the spirit was that of a baby boy who was growing up in the house and who was playing with us because we were his parents this was getting hard to hear and at first quite upsetting. She told us the boy's name was David. And this is where it smacked us in the mouth, as my wife and I hadn't again, hadn't told the medium about this, but David was the name we were going to give the baby. 
The medium also told us that the boy was unhappy with the curtains in the hallway. Again, the medium didn't know that my wife had put new curtains up a few days before. We also found out that the ghost would spend time in our son's bedroom, keeping an eye on him. We decided we didn't want anyone else involved or to exercise the house and we would live with the goings on. So many people who came to our house afterwards said they felt the presence. And a lot of people said that things happened like putting their keys down and then turning up in another room. When we decided to move away, we took some advice on how we could take whatever was going on with us. We acted on the advice, but nothing has happened since we moved. And the people who moved into the house have heard or haven't heard or seen anything. So we think the lad has now passed over to wherever you go after that. You may think this is far fetched, but this is what happened to us. So there you go. That's a real life, some real life paranormal activity from uh, wow. from my friend there. Who, as I say, I'll keep him anonymous. But um, thank you very very much for for sharing that story with us. And I don't know about you, but while I was reading that, that um, that really did send the old shivers down the spine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's thank. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for sending that in. That's that's really obviously very emotionally intense for you. And yeah, like you said, Stu, shivers down my spine, and but also yeah, emotional. Best correspondence we've had up to now, I'd say. Um, I would think so. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Right. Well, shall we uh, talk about some live music in the nineteen nineties then? Mm, let's do it. Joining us this week to discuss his experiences of live music in the 1990s is Wiltshire's greatest authority on heavy metal, formerly of Warhead, the Joslyn Slater Project, and latterly the Squad. It gives me no pleasure whatsoever to welcome to the podcast my old man, Glenn Joslyn. How you doing, man? Thank you, Stu. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, good to be here. No, thank, be thanks here. very much for coming on and imparting your um, your years of experience about the uh, about the old live music in the 90s. It's good, yeah. good to have um, someone a bit wiser on the pod for a change. <laughs> you won't be saying that when this is finished. <laughs> Before we get going, you, you have, I don't know if you know this, uh, I, know, I know you listen to the pod, but you have become somewhat of a bit of a pod hero. The various stories have, have come out about you over the 12 or so episodes what? we've done. And we just wanted to open by, by, by checking, fact checking some of this, yeah, because okay. we don't want to have you know incorrect stuff okay. yeah. uh, coming out about you. So first of all, did somebody drive directly towards you on Box Hill when you were driving your red Escort yes. on your side of the road? Yes. Somebody did do they that? They did, yes. Right, and we never yeah. found out what, no, what no. happened. I, I don't really know what was going on there. Uh, but they, had, they had a few points or not, I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah, they won. all of a sudden they just went onto our side of the road and uh, didn't really know what to do. I sort of broke mm-hmm. a little bit and then all of a sudden you just swerved back and away you went. Huh. But so I don't really know what to... Uh, there we are. That is true. <laughs> That, that was the birth, the birth of the Wiltshire. Was it the Wiltshire? Yeah, the Northwest welcome? Wiltshire Welcome. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you tell me off for listening to an electronic album by Lay Rhythm Digital called Dark Dancer when I was about twelve or thirteen? Most probably. I don't really, I don't remember, but it sounds like I would have done. Okay, that's yeah. Joe. That's Joe Barter's recollection, yeah, yeah. by the way. Was he there at the time? Uh, he might have been. Oh, he well, might have been. Yeah, he was the one probably, that got me onto the album. He's so. probably uh, yeah. correct. I probably did. Yes. Yeah. Did the entire household hate Michael Schumacher? We weren't his biggest fan. <laughs> fans, uh, biggest fans, I should say. Because we were uh, all rooting for uh, Damon Hill mm-hmm. and people like that. And I think uh, he did come across as quite arrogant. But when you look back at it now, I think you have to be a yes. little bit in yeah. that, in that uh, yeah, sport. You've got yes. to be a bit, a bit arrogant, a bit... Uh, that's just fair enough. But uh, yeah, it's very sad what happened to him in... Uh, later on obviously so wish them all the best of course of course uh, and finally was echo the dolphin the worst <laughs> mega drive game we ever had 
Yes. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> I, I don't think we ever got anywhere with it, did we? I don't I think mean, we did. No, not, not even past the first. We could get him to jump out of the water and that was about that it. That was about it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a waste of money, that was. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we are. That's that's the uh, that's the questions answered okay. from, from previous episodes of the right. point. Wasn't there a question about um, the Fiesta? Something like you being driven home from the hospital or, or something? No, because the Fiesta, Fiesta turned off at your house, didn't it? So it can't have been that. That's right, yeah, yeah. I thought there yeah. was some other car question. I should have written it down. Damn. I would have been driven home from the hospital in the Red Escort, wouldn't I? That wasn't at the same time that the car swerved on the other side of the road, was no. it? No. <laughs> okay, that moment. Did we have the Red Escort when you were born? I th- yeah, I think so. I, I, think can't, I can't remember any car I remember before bringing you home from the hospital in the Red Escort. You were sat in the front seat. You could have one of those seats where the kids' seats sort of like... Face backwards. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I, mean? I don't think you're allowed to do that M- anymore. Mum in the back, and because yeah. you were um, seat belted mm-hmm. in the seat in the front. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we are. Maybe that's a mystery yeah. that will remain that's... unsolved. <laughs> <laughs> I think I brought you home a couple of times from Bath after you had a few sherbets. Yes, well, yes. I don't know. That, that, that's probably Fiesta, was it? Well, we won't go into that. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. I've still got that patch of grass on there. <laughs> yeah, again, we won't go into that either. You all talking about that? That happened in the 2000s. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> He says reaching for a pint, literally <laughs> drinking a pint as he says it. Um, if you want to know, I <laughs> I did have one too many at the two pigs one night. I came home, threw up in the front garden, <laughs> went inside, went to bed. And then when I came downstairs in the morning, a little worse for wear, um, my mum uh, <laughs> was peering out of the kitchen window, turned to me and said, next door's cat is thrown up in the garden again. <laughs> and I was like, that was just regular... Two pigs beer. That was yeah, just a regular just a swill. Too much. So. There you go. But hey, we live and learn, don't we? We're here to talk about the, the live music that you went to see in the 90s. Yeah. Um, um, obviously, I started watching live music, really, to begin with, in the late 80s, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Uh, when I first started getting into more the uh, uh, rock sort of side of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then gradually, uh, the new wave of British heavy metal had come through by then. And uh, Iron Maiden and Def Leppard and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, I've been down to the, uh, what they call the Bristol hub now. It's called uh, the, the Beacon? The Beacon. <laughs> the Beacon, yeah. Yes. The Beacon, that's yeah. right. So, um, yeah, I used to go down quite a lot. So I saw Michael Schenker, UFO, Scorpions. I think the first one I saw was Motorhead, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, and then obviously gradually moved into the 90s and... Uh, that's when I started. The first one we're going to talk about was my very first stadium. Yes. Gig. The very first big stadium uh, gig I went to. So. Great. Yes. So it's the Rolling Stones. Uh, it's Wembley Stadium. It's July the seventh, nineteen ninety. Just before the Italian ninety World Cup started, I would suppose. The first thing I want to uh, ask you is: you're well regarded uh, amongst certainly my friends as a man who would struggle to catch a bus into the town centre. <laughs> So what I'd like to know is, how did you manage to get to all these to all these gigs in the 90s that you went to, presumably on your own? The the, the ones in the 80s, obviously, were going down to Bristol. So one mm-hmm. of us, were, you know, I think, like Steve or uh, whoever, I think I actually I went to one gig on a motorbike with, right. a, with a, a chap on his uh, on his bike. Um, but this one, the Stones one, um, what happened was I was actually uh, listening to the radio at work and to GWR. I think as Hart, was, yes. Hart yes. Now. And of course, they were in Wooden Bassett then. Mm-hmm. And they had a, a competition on or something. And, and they just said, uh, uh, we got Stones tickets for, for Wembley. Uh, first people to ring up can uh, get, get them. And uh, there's a coach provided as well. Yep. 
so I think I just rang up. I've got two tickets. I had to go up to one bus to actually pick them up as well. Mm-hmm. I got one for my brother as well, your uncle Ian. Of course. But of course, you know, the coach didn't come to Corsham. We had to go to Swindon to actually pick the, get the coach. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what happened on that on that first one. Were those tickets free, did you say? Or No, or no, no, no. It was just first come, first serve. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you had to pay for them. I got the ticket here, and it was uh, then £22.50 oh, to see nice. the Stones at Wembley. <laughs> plus, a tenth of what it is now. Yeah, yeah. Plus well, whatever the coach was as well. So it's probably ended up being about £35 or something like that altogether. Well, for, I mean, for, we, uh, went in, we went in 2018, didn't we, to, to see them in Cardiff, and it yeah. would have been, I think it was about £90 Ninety pounds per oh, okay. person, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I think actually, uh, I think it was yeah. when we saw him the last time. Because we saw him in two thousand six. We did, yes, as well. Yeah, the last time was seventy five pounds, I think mm-hmm. each. So, and that was back up in the gods. Yes. So, uh, yeah. I think on this one you could just sit where you liked, you know, <laughs> get on the floor on, the, on the stadium floor and all this sort of thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's how we uh, we got the tickets uh, for this uh, this gig. My first big, as I said, my first big uh, stadium. Gig. And uh, yeah, it was a good day, a sunny day, I think, as well, which made it uh, all the better. Yeah, it's very, very good. What was the sound like, like in sort of early 90s stadium gigs? What, what, yeah, what was the sound quality like compared to now? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. What I can remember is, you know, now when you go to, to big gigs, you get all the, the big video screens, don't you? Yeah. You know? yeah. And you, you can see, I like to think then they only had one video screen because all the rest of it was just like um, drapes. Hanging oh, yeah, down, yeah. like mm-hmm. with, with the, the covers of the albums and all this sort of thing. Yeah. So it was only one big video screen. I think the sound wasn't too bad. Then again, sometimes you go to gigs and you think it sounds should be better than what it is because nowadays you've got all the graphic equalizers and whistles sort of and whatever, <laughs> you know. Nowadays, and, uh, but graphic But I think it all depends on what, what, day, what day you get them, you know, what day yeah. you go and, and what sort of thing. But uh, as I remember, because obviously it's like 30, 30 years ago. 31 years ago, 31 just, just years gone, ago? summer yeah. just gone, yeah. Yeah, it's very hard to remember exactly <laughs> what it sounded like, you know, but um, yeah, yeah. we were just in awe of it because this is the first time my brother and I had uh, actually uh, seen them. So we've been big fans for a long time. I can remember when when I first heard the Stones, because uh, uh, we lived in, I spent the first 10 years of my life, basically 10 years of my life in Germany because my, my father was in the uh, in the army. Um, I can remember in Germany was just playing football all the time. Didn't really hear any music. Maybe heard the Beatles. I can remember She Loves You for some reason. I might play and in the um, Last of the Summer Wine theme tune over this bit. <laughs> this too, um, I'll, just, I'll just give you a back story the scene, to it all. Set in the scene. And, yeah. um, uh, but when we come back here in about 1970, 71, uh, of course, I went to primary school. Um, Ian went to the Caution School, which is, then, of course, was the uh, Secretary of Modern School for Boys. Mm-hmm. It was just a boys' school then. And one day he came home with an album. He, he was playing it in his bedroom or whatever. And all of a sudden he came out to me and said, come in, come and listen to this. So I so, said, okay. So the very first Stone song I ever heard was 19th Nervous Breakdown. Mm-hmm. And what he was on about was the, the, the bass line at the end. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you know the song, but it's the Bill Wyman dive bombing mm-hmm. bass line at the end. And uh, I was hooked from <laughs> then on. We both were. But this was actually the very, very first time we'd actually been able to go and see him. Uh, ourselves so yeah yeah it was a big big uh, big big day for us oh, stones fans brilliant that's fantastic um there's no doubt about the quality of the sound that the next show we're going to talk about so oh. we're moving up to 1992 may the 20th and this is 
a huge band in a small venue. Yes. Um, this is Kiss <laughs> on the Revenge Tour of 1992, yeah. and yeah. they visited uh, what was then Cardiff Ice Rink. Yes. It's not there anymore. It was demolished in 2006. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a gig that, that you've you always told me about in the past, but for the for the the sheer loudness of it. But yeah. There was an incident that happened at the gig, which you don't remember at no, all, but which no. the whole gig is probably most famously remembered for. I've only heard about this quite recently. Yes. I think you told me about it. Yeah. Maybe a couple of years ago, maybe. Um, and uh, yeah, um, yeah, this is Kiss, and this was basically the loudest gig mm-hmm. I've ever been to because they're not known for being quiet. And uh, <laughs> of course, it was indoor, so everything come at you at a rate of knots. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I went with uh, my brother-in-law, Colin mm-hmm. Stewart's uncle, who was no longer with us unfortunately and um he he said to me he could feel the music pressing against his body mm-hmm. you know he could feel yeah. it really pushing him backwards <laughs> and all this sort of thing and anyway yes it wasn't until uh, a few years uh, well i'll say a couple of years ago that uh, i heard that uh, the roof caught fire at one point <laughs> yeah and when i looked uh, you can watch the gig actually on youtube somebody filmed it now mm-hmm. 92 would there have been mobile phones with cameras? no 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 this would have been somebody would have hodded a camcorder <laughs> on their shoulder <laughs> into the, <laughs> into the, the pit of the car to fight yeah but on the third song which is heaven on fire of course it starts off with a with a sort of thing mm-hmm. nice and when the, thank you and when the band comes in all the pyros go up yeah and i think that's what that was when it must have well, I don't think it caught fire. I think it singed okay. the roof, basically. But I do think there was uh, about £40,000. Yes. Worth yeah. So I expect the insurers had to uh, pay for yeah. that. But uh, but, yeah. but to your memory, the gig wasn't stopped. Nope. Nobody was evacuated. Nope. It just, nope. just rolled on. Yeah. And it's rock and roll. It is rock and roll. It seems like they've just come to this venue which is a lot smaller than the ones they've been playing and just yeah. set the pyros for the normal yeah you know but the yeah. roof's like you yeah. know 12 set it on like no yeah. roof setting if you watch the if yeah. you watch the, the video uh so it's about the third song it's a heaven's mm-hmm. on fire yeah you, you see it um you see it all go up yeah but um yeah again it was like i said a very very loud gig but uh it was very very enjoyable and also the support band uh danger danger i think they were mm-hmm. Uh, yes, another another band. Uh, I bought their CDs after that as well. So there we are. Not only you watch Kiss, watch another band and bought their CDs. Although I wasn't actually a massive fan mm-hmm. of Kiss at the time, I bought a couple of albums. I this think. was during the period where they were like unmasked, yeah. wasn't it? Like they, right. they weren't doing the face paint. Oh, I was going to say they had that period. Yeah, 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 yeah about yeah. five years yeah. when they did sort of crazy, crazy nights and got this, this was after crazy, crazy nights. But the funny thing was on this one, it's called the Revenge Tour. But the actual stage set they had was for the tour previously, right. Hot in the Shade, which was like a, a sphinx they had mm-hmm. with lasers coming out of the eyes. <laughs> but I think only one one was working. That oh, that is, so, that's so... so um... One eye sphinx. You know? So, yeah. But, um, yeah, and also the, um, the programme was for Hot in the Shade as well. Whether I bought it from a dodgy programme seller, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. But, yeah, I've still got it at home. It's in the attic, I think, somewhere. But so yeah, that was a bit weird. Saving yeah. money all around by yeah. reusing the stage set and the programs. Yeah. Oh, because obviously, Spinal Tap. Because obviously, um, <clears throat> the drummer in Hot in the Shade was Eric Carr. Yeah. Who unfortunately died between this and the Revenge Tour. Mm-hmm. And he was still in the program as well. Right. And all this sort of thing. So, <laughs> yeah, because Eric Singer had joined him. They hadn't like just made some stickers and put his face over the No, over the no, no, no. In the program. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah
yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, so an infamous gig. And I did read actually in, in my research that the Kiss actually did lose money on the Revenge tour, and perhaps the um, the, the roof incident at Cardiff Ice Rink might have had some. It may have done. Maybe. I do remember. I do remember Paul Stanley coming on and saying, uh, saying "Hello, England," and there was like a <laughs> what? <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it was a very enjoyable, yeah. Again, a very, very good gig. I thought they, I thought they were brilliant that night. Um, I know they've gone back to the, the makeup now, but yeah, um, yeah. which is uh, well, I wouldn't mind seeing them actually with them because I think I'm on their final tour now as it is now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, but yeah, it was good. Another good one. Obviously, during the course of, the, of this discussion about the gigs that you actually got to see yeah. in the '90s, obviously Alex and I, unfortunately. We loved the 90s so much, but we were <laughs> too young to, to experience mm-hmm. gigs, like, gigs yeah. like this when they were happening at the time. And we've picked out our own gigs from the 90s that we wish we, okay. we could have been at. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel this is a this is an opportune moment to, to slot one in. Yeah. I don't know if you want to go first, Alex. I find it slightly hard to actually pin down some specific gigs um, at first because I kind of feel like all the bands that I grew to love or, or so I got big around the end of the late 90s, early noughties when I was really getting into music. I sort of missed them when they were coming up. There are lots of bands like Blink-182 and Deftones and Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. They're sort of people who I liked in noughties, but, you know, I missed them in there when they were young and playing small venues. Yeah. But I did eventually manage to find um, a couple of of choices. Uh, and my, my first one... Um, completely coincidentally was on november the 4th uh, 1991 which is exactly 30 years ago today oh wow and it is uh nirvana at the beer keller theater in bristol uh and i've chosen this uh, not because nirvana are my favorite bands by any means I, I do like them i never really listened to them until actually kind of relatively recently i kind of got into them a bit more well, I've chosen this because because it's such an iconic band, such an iconic 90s band. And it also happens to be a venue that is kind of personal to me because I used to go to the Beer Keller when it was a rock club because it was a rock club for ever since I moved to Bristol and then only recently closed down, sadly. Um, mm-hmm. but I used to go there for rock nights fairly regularly. Uh, and then I found out after a few years of going there that, you know, Nirvana played this gig there, which kind of blew my mind. And it was in 91 as well. So this was either, well, it was in the same year that Nevermind came out. So they were either had just got massive or on the verge of getting massive. Yeah, because so, the famous Top of the Pops appearance is, is in 91, isn't it, with, with Smells Like Team Spirit, yeah. I think. Yeah, this was pro- I think this was actually the Nevermind tour. It must have been. If it's November, it would have been yeah. late yeah. enough in the year. So, yeah, I've just chosen it because it's that sort of combination of an incredible, iconic band with, obviously, a, a great live reputation in a venue that is kind of familiar to me and, and very local, and yeah, I just would would have would have loved to have been there for for that. I actually uh, spoke to one of my friends from from work uh, in preparation for this because she and her group of friends um, she'd had the chance to go to this, but um, she for some reason had just decided she didn't really know Nirvana that well. I don't think um, so. She decided she just had a rain check. She just didn't fancy it that night. And mm-hmm. then the next day she came into school or college, and everyone's wearing like Nevermind t-shirts. <laughs> And she was like, at that point, the penny dropped and she just thought, what have I missed here? And obviously, yeah. as time went on, she, she realises that she, she missed the chance of seeing Nirvana in, in her hometown and in their peak. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's my first choice, um, Nirvana in, in Bristol in uh, 1991. 
So uh, back onto your list, Anglin, and we're now looking at two bands in the same venue a couple of years apart, and it might be fair to say that these are bands on their uppers at this point. So we've got Poison and then Iron Maiden, both at Newport Leisure Centre in 1993 and 1995, respectively. Yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, Poison obviously were, were quite big in the late 80s with uh, the two first albums they had out. Then they sort of went off the boil a little bit. It's maybe just fell out of fashion just mm-hmm. slightly. But I thought the, the third album, I think it's called Native Tongue, and they lost their guitarist then, C.C. Deville right, as yeah. well. But anyway, they um, yeah they bought uh, another album out, uh, Native Tongue. And I thought it was quite good, actually. It wasn't so glam, a bit more bluesy mm-hmm. than we saw. They were good guitarists as well on this one. And, yeah, so they were playing venues like you thought they would be. And I just happened to see they were playing down Newport Centre. And I went with uh, Chapman Work, Steve Matthews. Uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, you, again, they got the video of the tour on YouTube. They, uh, they filmed at um, Hammersmith, I think, Odeon. But some of the bits outside, they do. Like, you know, have you ever seen videos where they have a camel and people queuing outside. Oh, and it and goes down the line. It goes down the thing. line. Yeah, yeah, well, They yeah, did that yeah. at, um, at New, uh, Newport. So <laughs> whether we're on that or not, I don't know. But um, yeah, they did that. But uh, yeah, it was a, uh, say it was a good gig. I, I do, I think they're very, very good um, showmen, especially uh, Brett Michaels. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. So that was, uh, that was a good one. Iron Maiden was when uh, Bruce Dickinson had gone. Yes, and he'd been now. replaced by Biff Byford. <laughs> No, no, I've got Biff that Byford wrong. With his, his talking teeth. Yeah, it's teeth. not Biff Byford. No. It's, it's Blaze Bailey. Blaze you can Bailey. see why I've made the mistake. <laughs> but, it's not like you're making these names up. No, no, no. But we, so Biff Byford is is the lead singer of Saxon. That's right. And we uh, know we we were told a brilliant story about Biff Byford by um uh, by by a chap called Jamie Thayer, who's in a band called The Worried Men, who used to play it. The Two Pigs is getting a lot of uh, yeah, chat tonight, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Used to play it in Two Pigs anyway. Somehow he came up in conversation once, I don't know, but, but Jamie told us that um, he supported Saxon or, or something somewhere once. And Biff Byford has a set of, apparently, has a set of dentures which he talks with, and then he has a set of dentures with which he sings. And one night in the dressing room, he got them mixed up. And then he kind of barreled out on stage and couldn't sing a note and had to run off and change his teeth in the, in the dressing dentures. room. Um, yeah, yeah. That, and that's uh, again that's another famous story that, uh, but anyway yeah. it's, it's not Biff Byford at all it's no. Blaze Bailey Blaze and Bailey. he was so what was Bruce Dickinson doing he was off flying just flying planes and yeah I think he wanted a good solo as well and all this sort of thing and uh, Blaze Bailey was a band called Wolfsbane mm-hmm. and um, he seemed like a perfect fit I thought he was I thought he was alright a different style of vocals to uh, Dickinson because Dickinson's got this um, air raid type of uh, siren, yes, yeah, vocal, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. really can hit the high notes. Where uh, Bailey didn't do that, he was more of a gruff mm. sort of thing. And if you watch the, the video, uh, again, it's from it's from Newport, somebody's filmed it again. And uh, I, th- I thought it was all right, but uh, yeah, and, and like we said, Iron Maiden before then, they would have been playing Wembley Stadium and all yeah. these big shows, and all of a sudden, they're playing Newport Center, so another band that gone out of fashion a little bit all of a sudden mm-hmm. and uh they dropped down to just doing like um sports centers <laughs> well <laughs> as such you know like <laughs> yeah it's very much like when i saw um bdi at newport leisure center yeah. which was obviously the liam gallagher post oasis yeah. band and you could see when he when he came out he was d- doing his thing just standing stock still on the stage but i could see he was thinking 
what the fuck's going on here? When <laughs> <laughs> it comes to this, what am I doing yeah, here? What am I doing in Newport? <laughs> How did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, that was um, like I said, that was a bit of a surprise when they. So I thought I'll go and see. And I, I, that's the first one I went. Uh, mm-hmm. I did go on my own that time. I right. think all the rest of the gigs now, I went on my own because nobody else wanted to go with me. <laughs> uh, at the time so there you go <laughs> lovely yeah. stuff lovely stuff we moved then from a, well a band on their uppers Iron Maiden at that point to a band possibly at their highest point in the UK and this is a band that you go and see twice on the same tour with mixed <laughs> results it's fair to say yeah yeah so yeah. we're talking Bon Jovi yeah. on the These Days tour yeah Cardiff in 1995, and then just for a change of scene, because I think we've been in Wales for all of these so far, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. Um, we're off to Milton Keynes in 1996. That's right. Yeah. Famous Milton Keynes bomb. <laughs> On the other side of the oh, country. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, what can you tell us about about these? Again, uh, Bon Jovi were, were obviously a massive band. I, I think uh, these days come out and it knocked Michael Jackson off number one spot. Yeah. As he says yep. on the uh, video. Live um, in London show. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Live video video then wasn't it yes of course yeah yeah, yeah. but it, it did, what i always remember about this one was a really good lineup not only did you have bon jovi you had van halen supporting them mm-hmm. oh, a wow. british band called thunder and a band called crown of thorns so you had four bands on uh, on one day uh, it was a sammy hagar or should we say they got van hagar they van hagar, van yeah, hagar yeah. you know <laughs> so uh yeah so it was a was a really really good good uh Again, all the bands are brilliant, mm-hmm. and I, I think I bought CDs you know, or albums or whatever. I, obviously, I, I'd already bought Van Halen stuff, but yeah. I hadn't bought Thunder or Crown of Thorns before, and uh, so I, I invested some money into their uh, their coffers. So yeah, it was, um, it was a brilliant, brilliant gig. Uh, one thing I always remember about that gig was there was two blokes down on the floor of the stadium, mm-hmm. and I don't know where he got, he had a knife, I don't know where he got his knife from, but I thought, they must, or scissors, it was either <laughs> knife or scissors, right, and they had jeans on, and they were cutting their jeans off to make them into shorts, <laughs> so it, it must have been a hot day, it must have been a really hot day for some yeah. reason, because they had their shirts off, I can remember that, and they were cutting their, they were cutting their jeans <laughs> off with, it must have been scissors rather than a knife, but it must have been really, really sharp scissors, you know, to, to make them into like denim shorts. Yeah, so that's that's one thing I remember. All right, so we've got Kiss setting the roof on fire at Cardiff, yeah, and then yeah. we've got Crocodile Dundee in the crowd. At, <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the crowd in Cardiff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But one and, thing I always remember as well was um, Van Halen were on, hmm. and uh, everyone was getting a, you know, getting a bit getting a bit tired, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it seemed like Crown of Thorns, being mm-hmm. Thunder, everybody's waiting for Bon Jovi, Van Halen's on there, and... Uh, Sammy Hagar suddenly pipes up and says, hey, why don't we do this every Sunday? You know, <laughs> fuck off, Sammy. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, but they were, they, were, they were good as well. Obviously, seeing Eddie, ben, uh, Eddie Van Halen was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was awesome, you yeah, know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was a very, very good uh, very good gig. Brilliant. So, and yeah. only £21 for the privilege, it says at, here at as the well. time, yeah. We've yeah. got all the original tickets here, by the way, oh, so yeah. we'll we'll, we'll, um, <laughs> we'll get those up on the socials so that everybody can yeah. everybody can see what they like. There's some lovely graphics going on here. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's yeah. got a big yeah. poster of that as well. <laughs> so then the tour moves away from, from the UK, goes all over the world, and then comes back to the UK for a, a second UK leg. Yeah. And this is... So hang on. So the first gig is... June 1995, yeah. and then they're all still on the same tour in July 1996. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. One so of those they, big ones. Yeah, big so they've been team. on the road for, I think it was 18 months in total, something like that. Did it, yeah. I think they had a best of as well, didn't they, around this time? So these days yeah, album came out and then Crossroads, yeah. the best of. So they come back to Milton Keynes mm. and you go again. Yeah, now, go again. How did you get to Milton Keynes? I actually drove up this time. You drove to Milton yeah, Keynes. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I drove to um, Cardiff for that, mm-hmm. for the one before as well. I had the uh, Cavalier then, the 4x4 Cavalier. So, yeah, I drove up to um, Milton Keynes. And, uh, of course, Milton Keynes isn't a stadium as such. It's all grass. Have you, have you been there, Alex? Yeah, yeah. I, I was lucky enough to see Eminem play there in yeah, 2003. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. what you mean. It's, but it's all grass, grass banks, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, so everybody's just sort of lying out on the grass. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so, you know, yeah, it was good. Uh, was this the one where John Osborne was playing as well? Uh, Joan Osborne in support, yes, yes. With, with her um, her smash single one of us that's right yeah yeah not a lot else yeah i don't, I don't think yeah but. so yeah but um it, it was all right but you could tell they were absolutely tied out <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say something else yeah, but yeah, yeah. they were actually yeah. you could see they they weren't really on on the game uh at the time and uh, they were so so worn out it wasn't as good as uh, the gig mm-hmm. you know the year before i actually i actually told you i actually left a little bit early because of Alex, same uh, car park was basically a field as well, mm. and we saw mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah. And I thought I can't get out before everybody else tries to get out. <laughs> you know, yeah, it'd be yeah. a nightmare. And I got obviously a long way to join back yeah. home. So yeah, so I did leave a little bit, a uh, little bit early. But uh, yeah, they, you could tell they weren't the same, the same band at that point. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, it was a shame. But uh, it was a uh, you know experience to go up to Milton Keynes anyway, because I've never been there before. I haven't been there since. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> the Bon Jovi well, double bill. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, a tre- well, well, a treble. They, a are, treble they are coming back later on. Uh, um, if we can just creep just minimally into the 2000s. Because okay. there is, there is yeah. something that, that I have to discuss. But it, it is the year 2000, so I hope we can... Um, I hope we can yeah. allow it just this once. Nice mention of the Cavalier 4x4 there, oh, by yeah. the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Permanent 4x4. Greatest car you ever owned? It was the best car I ever had. Yeah, yeah, oh. definitely, definitely. It was a beast. You know, <laughs> it was uh, it was really road holding was absolutely superb. You know, I said it was permanent four by four, so yeah. I couldn't switch. Yeah. But um, it was a, a lovely car, lovely car. I, I you know, wish I never got rid of it when I did. So before we go into the final stretch then of Glyn's gigs, I'd like to come in with my gig from the nineties that I wish I could have been at. And I had to think about things like uh, Radiohead at Moles in about 1994, something like that. But I wasn't aware of Radiohead at that point, and I'm obviously very, very young in 1994, so um, I didn't feel as if I could count it. The gig that I've that I've gone for is from the 31st of July 1999. Uh, it was at Morpher Stadium, which is uh, another Welsh venue, which is no longer there. Just after this gig, the bulldozers came in and it became the, well, it was the Liberty Stadium. I think it's called something else now, but it's Swansea City's uh, home, home stadium. And it's uh, it's Stereophonics live at Morpher Stadium. So this is a gig that they played in the summer, the summer that their second album, Performance and Cocktails, was released. And they're truly a band on the up at this point. So, so the first album was great. The second album's great. And there's 50,000 who, who have come to see a, a homecoming gig, essentially. They played pretty much all of those first two albums with a couple of B-sides thrown in as a set list as well. 
Um, and this is a gig that, that I was aware of because I was I was a fan of the band by this point. I knew it was happening. I think I'd, I'd read about it in, in magazines and, and newspapers and things. I saw a couple of months later that Channel 4 used to broadcast like full length gigs late at night. And I, I remember seeing later on, I saw I think I saw Stereophonics at Reading Festival. They had the full set that was on at about 1 a.m. And I spotted it in the in the TV magazine and, and got dad to set the video plus up for me. So, so, that, so that it would record. But I, I saw the gig on Channel 4, absolutely blown away by it. And then it came out later on on DVD, which I've... Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's still one that, that I come back to today. Um, again, there was a great... I think the Crockett's were in support and they had Gay Dad, who were another Welsh band at the time. Um, and I think they also had, like right at the start, they had ABCD, who were Wales's premier ACDC um, <laughs> tribute, tribute act. Wales's um, premier? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, so... Okay. Um, so yeah, I would have to go for, and I, I think this is probably the Stereophonics at their absolute peak as well, with, with two fantastic albums. It's, it's the it's the the core three piece, um, still with Stuart Cable, much missed Stuart Cable on drums, um, yeah. and yeah, I think if I could go back to anyone from the nineties, even though I have to say I don't like standing at gigs like that, I would prefer to be seated, but. I would put up with the stand-in if I could uh, if I could go back in time and be there. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. Stereophonics at Morpha in 1999. Awesome, good choice. I had a feeling you would you would plump for the, uh, the Stereophonics. <laughs> um, another yeah, so much Wales in this podcast so far. There is, there is, and we're going back there again we as are. well for um, we for one of the final one of the final <laughs> gigs here. Um, so we're back to Newport this time. Yeah. Um, and this is now we're getting towards the end of the decade. So it's 1998. Yeah. February 1998. And this is UFO. UFO. Yeah. I've been a big fan of UFO since uh, the mid 80s, I think, when uh, obviously Schenker, Michael Schenker had, uh, had joined and they released some fantastic albums. But then obviously Michael had one of his he fits. He's a bit flighty, isn't he? He is. He can Michael be. Schenker, very flighty. Yes. He's a fantastic yeah. guitar player, but he's a bit, um, bit emotionally and mm-hmm. uh, things like that. And uh, he had left and he come back and he left again and come back. And this, I think, was the last, the last uh, uh-huh. in- incarnation of the UFO with him in it. And I think basically it was the old, the actual UFO from the well, from the seventies, eighties, seventies, with uh, Andy Park on drums, Phil Mog, vocals, Pete Way bass paul raymond who's no longer with us on villa guitar and keyboards and michael Schenker, and it was a, a awesome gig i obviously i wanted to see him i had seen him earlier in in the 80s with the other guitarists who, who joined after michael Schenker left the first time uh paul chapman who's no longer mm-hmm. with us yeah so it was a real treat to see uh, that band actually play uh, some of the old standards and uh, some of the like dr doctor shoot shoot rock bottom all this uh, is a fantastic and seeing Schenker play uh, with that band was uh, was really really uh, awesome and uh, uh, that will stay with me for a long time yeah yeah Lovely of course stuff. we uh, we went and saw Michael Schenker ourselves didn't we we uh, did at Salisbury many ago. many years later yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, but that was a fantastic gig yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's good nice yeah. one and again that was at the Newport Centre which unfortunately is going to close its doors I believe they're going to open a new uh, leisure centre and uh, they will not be having any gigs so at these uh, centres. Let me count up here. So the old Wembley Stadium's gone. Yeah. Cardiff Ice Rink's gone. Yeah. Newport Leisure Centre's going. Gone. Yeah, going. You're a bit of a jinx, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, Milton Keynes Bowl is still there. Oh yeah, sorry, Milton Keynes Bowl. <laughs> They'll still probably there. sell that the same or something. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Eventually. 
if we could then creep into the 2000s just for the last one, because this is one that I have. I don't have personal memories of any of, of, of what we've spoken about, apart from apart from this one, which is from the 19th of August 2000. And I hope nobody minds, but we have to mention it. So this is Bon Jovi again. Again. But this time, and, and this is one of the final gigs at the old Wembley. So also it, it closes the circle because we started at the old Wembley Stadium Stadium. and we're going to end at the old Wembley Stadium. Um, So this is one of the last gigs that took place at the old Wembley Stadium. I think it might have been, uh, it's either the last one or the second to last because I'm not quite sure, this was a Saturday. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure they did a show on a Sunday, but it was definitely one one of the last two gigs anyway. Yeah, yeah. That was at the old old Wembley, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But why I wanted to talk about this one was that not so much Bon Jovi themselves, but the lineup because... I had obviously got into music myself by this point. I would have been uh, 11 years old. And two of my favourite bands of the time were actually supporting Bon Jovi on this day. So I think opening, you had Dum Dums. I don't, I don't know if you know uh, Dum Dums, Alex. Or I rec- you yeah, I do. I totally recognise that name, but I don't remember anything about them. So um, they, they had one album. They were sort of a forerunner to Busted. Yeah. Um, that sort of pop yeah. punk young guys. Yeah, um, but I think they were... Uh, I did like Busted, actually, but I think... Mm. Dum Dums there because I was actually listening to some of the tracks on that mm-hmm. album recently again. So yeah, yeah. You know, we mentioned it. It's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Really, well, really good. I, it's a pity they didn't carry on because you know they would have. I think they would have uh, yeah. made it if they well, tried. I become, but I think the maybe the record company weren't too happy with the way. Possibly, I mean, I've got some of the second album demos as well, which they made available online. They were they were demoing for the second album before they got dropped. And it's a lot heavier, it yeah. has to be said, the second album. But yeah. I've become lucky enough to to sort of get to know the lead singer uh, and guitarist Josh Doyle a little bit. We've we've um, we've cultivated a bit of an online relationship over the years. He lives in Nashville now, um, but we we uh, get in touch occasionally with each other. And um, he's a, he's a really good guy. And uh, yeah, the Dum Dums were were a great band at the time. Um, mm. And also, then following on from Dum Dums, you had, I mean, a, a band that were possibly famous or, or well-known in the year 2000 and then no other time possibly yeah so it's top loader who oh, yeah yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yes i indeed. had the album indeed. i had the album the Onkers second album i ever bought yeah 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 oh really the what was the first actually no this is not true i was going to say performance and cocktails the first time i ever bought was uh grand Turismo by the cardigans uh-huh. and then i then i think it was performance and cocktails and then top loader okay um, cool yeah yeah, 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 but yeah, no, love Top Loader at the time. Um, I actually preferred. They had a song called Achilles Heel, which was yeah, on that album. That was a great song. Yeah, which I actually preferred to to Dancing in the Moonlight. But I remember you. I remember telling you like the day before. Must have been on the Friday, saying if you can get any like anything Top Loader, get yeah. it for me. And he came back with a Top Loader T-shirt, which was size XL. So I left. And I'm <laughs> 11 years old at the time. And I think there's a picture of me somewhere wearing it, and I've got my arms out, and yeah, it's like probably. the sleeves. <laughs> I, remember, I remember queuing up for that. It's one of those, because at the old Wembley, obviously, you had the, the steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, yeah. To stuff. yeah. And, of course, all the, all the T-shirt uh, sellers were hanging. And it was absolutely packed. And you had to fight your way through, and mm-hmm. you're like... You know, so by the time I got there, it's probably that's all they had left. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I thought, do I disappoint him and not get him anything? You know, so I thought, <laughs> oh, well, there you go. He'll grow into it. That's, a, thing, you that's know. being a great dad. You know, I still, <laughs> yeah. still haven't grown into it 20 years later. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. But Bon Jovi were on the Crush tour by then, and that's a crap album, so we won't, uh, well, well, we you won't go it. into that. <laughs> I've got it on double volume. 
that was also, uh, I bought the tickets and I got coach up to, that's right, there was a coach tour mm-hmm. uh, operator doing the tickets and the thing. So I had to go to Salisbury, pick up the coach, go to London, come back. And when I got back, uh, I don't even know the central car park in Salisbury, but my car was the only car in the car park <laughs> when I got back. It was like two o'clock in the morning, whatever it was, and I thought, you know, it was really lonely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just one single car in the car park. So, yeah. yeah now, this would have been the uh, the Mondeo by then, wouldn't it? The, uh, Probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which you yeah. chopped the Cavalier so, in for, and you never should have done that, it. It would have been a bad thing. But, filling yeah. up again. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good gig. Another one. Yeah, they would. They were better that time, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. the time before, but this is obviously a couple of years later, so they yeah. were uh, more, more refreshed on this one. So, yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Just before we close, did you have uh, another fantasy gig from the 90s, Alex, that you wish you could have gone to? Uh, yeah, I, I am going to chuck this on in because this one is, it, I mean, the band means a bit more to me than Nirvana did. Um, and this this was in 1999, similar to your uh stereophonics gig and it was um it's a limp biscuit gig and it's not really a sort of gig as such it was um they were promoting their their second album which was about to come out um significant other to generate publicity for the album they decided to put on four guerrilla gigs where they um were basically just going to set up somewhere in a city i think they were in it was boston detroit and chicago i think they were going to do one at pont Pontiac, wherever that is, um, but they didn't end up doing that. They were just going to go and set up somewhere, not tell anyone where they were going to play, and then at the last minute they're going to announce it and everyone's going to run down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it was just, I thought, I still think that's one of the coolest ways of doing live music. I think that's there's something about that that's, that's just so cool and really appeals to me. And this was just at the peak, the, sorry, the point where they were about to kind of go stratospheric. It was this, their second album, like I said, Significant Other was the one that sort of hit, made them hit the mainstream. And for I think for a brief period they were probably the biggest band in the world. This is when new metal was, you know, reigning supreme. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. After Britpop and um so yeah, it was it was just the, the right time. Uh, and there's there's some great videos. There's a great video on um YouTube sort of behind the scenes. I think MTV filmed it. It shows them sort of setting it up and then literally running away from the police um midway <laughs> through the, the last song they play. And I just think it's just the coolest thing ever. And I would love to have been at one of them, at whichever city. They're all all looked pretty cool to me. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just yes, my favourite band of all time. And I was I was kind of getting into them. Maybe it's the following year was when I really got into them. Um, so I uh, not well, I didn't only just miss it. I mean, I obviously I grew I was in Wiltshire, so I wasn't that close to, <laughs> to Boston. I wouldn't wouldn't have been able to go. But um, and there's this I guess there's a slight. Well, it's kind of laughable to, to compare it to the Beatles, but obviously the Beatles did their rooftop gig, and I've mm. always been fascinated by that whole um, period of their history and that gig in particular. So, I think there's just something cool about a band playing on the roof, you know, just plugging their <laughs> instruments in and just playing for whoever's there. I think that's that's really cool. So, that would have been my uh, my number one choice if if I could have gone back in time and seen anyone in the '90s. Fantastic, and a, a very very worthy choice as well. Well, Glyn, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your memories with us tonight. It's been been great having you on and, and, and working with My you pleasure. on the airwaves again, as we used to do. Yeah. Will you come back some other time and, and talk to us about something else that you remember? <laughs> if, you, if you really want me to, uh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be very happy to. Uh, if we can find something else to talk about. <laughs> I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can. Well, that's absolutely brilliant. Glyn Joslin, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. 
Thanks to Glyn for coming in and uh, taking us through all the gigs he went to in the 90s. I know he's been a bit a bit worried about that this week uh, doing the recording. He didn't think he would be uh, didn't think he'd be up to the standard of this podcast. But then I reminded him to actually listen to the podcast and he realised that he would be absolutely fine. Uh, oh, yeah. No, to, to it, us, was so. it was brilliant. It was yeah. great to hear from him. I like that. Um, yeah. You know, when you feel nostalgic on someone else's behalf, I, I was getting that sort of that sort of vibe <laughs> from uh, from that. Well, I can assure you he is available for more at any time we will need him. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so great. I'm sure, listeners, if you enjoyed that, I'm sure that Glenn will be back very, very soon. Got no I just, sorry, I should have said this before we started doing this uh, outro, but uh, I forgot to say that I do have three very quick comments from Reddit. You know, I put the thing out on Reddit saying, oh, yes. does anyone have anything? So, yeah, I, I did. Um, I put this sort of question out on, on the 90s music Reddit or subreddit. Mm-hmm. Um, the question of w- what dream gigs did you do you wish you'd seen in the 90s? Unfortunately, it got taken down by the uh, the moderator of that subreddit for some reason very quickly. Briefly, said Lilith Fair, who I've never heard of. Have you ever heard of them? No, can't say I have. Lilith no. is Fraser's wife in Cheers. Um, yeah. that, that's all that means to me. Yeah, same here. John Raho said U2, U2's Zoo TV tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Valka Taho said they missed Pink Floyd in 1994 at the Sun Bowl, which I regret massively. So uh-huh. uh, good. thank you to those three people for responding before it was uh, rudely taken down by the moderators. We will try and do that yeah. again, I think, with, with different topics. Try and get Definitely, some... yeah. I can't believe that. Do they not know who we are? Like, <laughs> Apparently you know. not, no. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Yes, we will We will persevere with that and we will bring you the answers as they come in. Next week, we are going to be talking sport once again and we are going to be picking the podcast's 90s Cult 11. Um, so that's your Premier League players from the era uh, who may be unspectacular, maybe just your regular, regular Joe early 90s Premier League player who sticks in the mind for some reason and is still, um, still has a bit of a cult following, maybe. So we're going to be picking that. Our, our cult 11 alex do you want to remind everybody how they can get in touch with us before we depart yes absolutely i mean that that sounds like a good topic that i know a lot of a lot of you will want to uh have some say on so this is a perfect opportunity to get in touch if you haven't done so in the past or if you have then then get in touch again you can find us on twitter at all right 90s you can email us on all right 90s at gmail.com or you can find us on facebook.com forward slash all right 90s. And that's all letters, no numbers. All right 90s. Yes, look us up. Let us know uh, your own cult players from, from the period. And we'll be sure to read them out next time. And also, of course, let us know about any of your dream 90s gigs, anything we've spoken about before, any ideas for stuff you want us to talk about in the future. Um, just get in touch with us about anything, essentially. If it's 90s, we want to hear from you. Yeah, exactly. Don't hold back. <laughs> So until next time then, uh, it's the end of another episode and it's goodbye from me. Uh, It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. See you later.